In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who provides for us the sacrifice. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we need a sacrifice. That was the story behind this short story called The Lottery that some of you might have seen in high school as it was depicted in a movie, at least I did, and uh, I always remember watching the lottery and just kind of rolling my eyes because the acting was really terrible. But it it was an interesting story. Basically, the, the story went like this. The people in this certain town, well, they decided that they needed a sacrifice in order to keep Uh, things functioning just as they always did. And in order to do that, then they, they had to come up with someone who was going to be sacrificed. And the way that they did this was that everybody put a name into a hat. And then somebody was chosen in order to be the sacrifice. It was sort of like the Hunger Games. And when they pulled that name out, that person then was stoned by the entire community. And as the story kind of played out, the question becomes more insistent as you hear the different things that people say and you see the different actions, the the question becomes more and more apparent. Why on earth are they doing that? And the answer eventually comes down to this. There really is no good reason that they were doing it. It was just this sort of cultural thing that they did, that they had some sort of belief in, but they had no real reason to believe in that. One of my favorite animated movies, Rango, which I'm sure very few of you have seen besides the animator here. In Rango, they do something similar where they get together and and everybody, in order to get water, they get together outside and they do this basically like line dance thing. It's like they're doing the Macarena in order to get water. And they're bouncing up and down, and and you're wondering what happens. And what is supposed to happen is they turn this big spigot, which you know is going to bring some water. But then it doesn't happen. And and you're left wondering, why were we doing this? What's the point of all of this? This tradition, what's the point of all of this ritual? What's the point of all of this stuff that we do? And maybe sometimes that is the sense that we have of things like Lent. That's the sense that we have of things like coming together for corporate worship. Maybe that's the sense of things like reading our scriptures or praying Maybe sometimes we're going through all of the right motions, but we have a sense of a question mark in the back of our head that says, why am I doing this? And I think that the question becomes especially poignant here in Lent. 
Because here in Lent, we're asked to sacrifice something. Or at least that's the concept that we run with. Now, maybe since you're Lutherans and you know that you're saved by grace, you're not really hung up about giving something up for Lent. But you know that that is a thing. You know that that is a thing that we, we're even like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. You can do that if you want to. A, a Martin Luther says that a fast is good outward preparation. And so uh, you get this sense that, well, okay, a sacrifice is all right. But why would I ever do such a thing? That's where I was this Lent. Lent kind of crept up on me. Which I have no excuse because I'm looking at the liturgical calendar like every week. But Lent sort of, at least conceptually, snuck up on me this year. It was all of a sudden, it was Transfiguration Sunday, and I was, oh no, that means that Lent is here. Just about. And so I started thinking to myself, well, what do I give up for Lent? What do I give up for Lent? Is there anything that I should give up for Lent? And so then uh, the Monday after Transfiguration Sunday, the Monday after last Sunday, Liz and I were walking around through Publix. And I turned to Liz and I said, Liz, I've been thinking about what I might give up for Lent. Are you giving up anything for Lent? And she just gave me this look like, no. Which is fair. And I was was wrapped up in this. And so I I came out with the best idea that I had. The most ascetic, monk-like idea that I had to give up something for Lent. And I said, I've been thinking about giving up meat for Lent. (laughs) To become a vegetarian for five days, six days in the week. And then to have a meat party on Sundays. But to give it up for six days a week. And she looked back at me and she said, well, then I am going to cause my weaker brother to stumble because I'm not doing that. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I probably won't do that either. But there's this sense when you're coming up with something to give up for Lent, there's probably a few different things that that you're thinking of, at least if you're doing it in the right way and you're not just, you know, giving up fatty food so that you can lose a few pounds so that you can look good in your Easter dress. Guys, don't even try to wear the Easter dress in here. Um, But if you're doing it in the right way, there's probably a a few different concepts that that you're looking at for your sacrifice. And and one of those concepts might be that, well, I'll give this up because it's something that I do so regularly that if I remember Jesus Christ every time that I do it or every time that I am urged to do it, then, well, that'll be good for me because I'll I'll remember Jesus. I'll remember what he did for me. And so maybe you have this uh, sort of concept of, of giving up Facebook. And every time that you're tempted to look at Facebook, you go, oh, I shouldn't do that because Jesus. Which I guess works. I wish I could do that with email. And so that's one of the ways. You do this regularly enough that if you stop doing it, then you're reminded every time that you might give it up. The other thing that you might do is that it is some sort of luxury that you're going to give up. And so you're giving up a luxury so that you can embrace 
the luxuries of having your sins forgiven. And so um, it, you are purposely going to dial things back and say, I'm not going to spend as much money on that, or I am not going to spend as much time on that. And so you, you're, you're conceptually doing something different than just being reminded every time. You're being reminded by something that has a lot of value to you and that you actually think is sort of a bonus. And so if uh, for me, that, that looks like this. Every Wednesday night, I have this, this sort of religious ritual that I do. Um, Wednesday night, I get done here at Vespers. I go home. I make sure that we are home by 9 o'clock. If the trash is not out uh, by 9 o'clock, it's going to have to go out some other time because I need to watch Modern Family and, and take a few sips uh, from a bottle of craft bourbon that my brother gave me for Christmas. And so that would be my giving up my luxury, not watching Modern Family sitting there sipping Cody Road. And the reason that that would work is that I would get the sense that, well, this is something that has value to me. And if I give it up, I recognize that Jesus has more value in my life. And then probably the the last way that I can think of that. Uh, you might give something up for Lent for, for the right reasons, is, is this, that uh, you, you're giving something up that you realize uh, could be an idol in your life. That, that there's something about reading People magazine that is just, it, it gets your gossip going. And when, when you read that magazine, you, you all of a sudden start to judge people, and it's ugly and it's nasty, and you say things about Kim Kardashian that nobody should ever say about Kim Kardashian. She is a beautiful child of God after all. Why are you laughing at that? She is. Kanye is too. And, and you have the, this, this big sense of, of okay, well, Uh, This is maybe something that could become a sin in my life, even though it might be something good. People magazine might be something good, and uh, it might be something that you're giving up because you're recognizing this could lead me into sin. And so because of that, because it's Lent, I am going to repent, I'm going to turn away from this, and I am going to sacrifice this so that I can get that sense of well, I'm doing this for a reason. And so then I asked in our staff meeting the other day for our, we usually get together and we kind of, I, I ask them questions because I'm dumb and I, I need to know what uh, Mary and Matt think about the world. And I, I asked them questions and, and, to, and this time I asked them, well, what do you think for most people it means to sacrifice? And, and Matt came up with his beautiful answer. He said, well, to me, a sacrifice is, well, that's something that I do that I don't get anything out of. I said, wow. That is so inherently different than the biblical understanding of what a sacrifice is all about. A a sacrifice in in the Bible is, is about neither of those things. It's actually about the the sort of exchange of value. There's two reasons biblically that you sacrifice. The first of those reasons is that, uh, that you sacrifice something living so that something might live. And so basically something has to die 
so that something else can live. That's the first sense of what a sacrifice is. And then this, the second thing that you find in the Bible that a sacrifice is all about is this sense of, well, you just have so much that you then give out of that so that you, you really kind of understand how much you do have. That's an offering of thanksgiving. And so you have this sort of transfer of value. You, you get more value out of both of those. It, it's not that you have this sense anywhere in the Bible that you just sacrifice for nothing. And yet, I think Matt is right. I think Matt is right when he says that when we talk about sacrifice in the Bible and we talk about it in our culture, what we think about doing is this. I'm breaking the law right now, by the way. Who wants part of a dollar? Nobody wants part of this dollar. You can't use it. What I just did was a worthless sacrifice. It's not benefiting anyone. It's not providing for anyone. In fact, there's a reason that this is illegal. The reason that it's illegal is that it actually breaks down our economic system. One little itsy-bitsy dollar at a time. And sometimes I think that having this sense of, of sacrifice in our heads is sort of what we think of when we think about sacrificing things in Lent. It's what we think about when we think of sacrificing things for God. It's what we think about when we think of sacrificing all sorts of different things. And I think that that is what we come to when we read this story in Genesis. That when we read the story in Genesis where God goes to Abraham and God says to Abraham, take your only son, the one that you've been praying for for a very long time, the one that I promised for a long time and held out on you for a little while just so that you would really, really kind of taste having a son and then finally gave to you. Well, now he's old enough. I want you to take him over to Mount Moriah and I want you to kill him. And to us, that looks like this. It looks like a completely worthless sacrifice. Why on earth would God ask Abraham to do this, but not with a dollar, with a precious human being? His only son, who he's been praying for forever. Why would God ask that? And then we get into the question of, well, why does God ask us to sacrifice anything? Why does God, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, why does he say, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me? Why does God, when he is talking to the Pharisees about the coin, why does God say, render unto God what is God's? And what he means by that is all of you. 
Why does God ask us to sacrifice ourselves? Why does God ask us to sacrifice our want to sin? Why does God ask us to sacrifice anything at all? After all, He is a God of grace. Why would He ask for this? And the answer to that question is surprisingly simple. The answer to that question is actually the name of our sermon series for this Lent. And you heard about this on Wednesday if you were here. What Jesus does is He takes us and He combines us with God. He is the and. He's the one who takes our sacrifice and matches it with His provision. And the strange thing is that He has actually provided for us both of those things. I I think we get into this conceptual mindset where we think that God has only provided for us our provision. That God has only given us our, our money, our answers to our prayers, that God has only given us the, the things that we really want. But God has actually given to us sacrifice as well. Not so that it can be meaningless, but so that it can be meaningful. That we can sacrifice ourselves, and maybe even giving up chocolate is that for you. That you Decide that you are going to give up something as, well, seemingly small as a sweet little treat during your day. But that God can take even something that insignificant and combine it with Christ so that that can remind you of his provision for you in terms of all of the other food that you eat. That is what sacrifice is for us. That's what sacrifice was for Abraham. Because this story actually gets called different things when you read different people's telling of it. In fact, if you open up five different Bibles, you'll probably find different titles for this story in Genesis. And quite a few of them are called the binding of Isaac. Because they want to get around the word picture of the sacrifice of Isaac, which is traditionally what this has been called. And they want to get around that because, well, Abraham doesn't actually plunge the knife. And so they're like, well, he did tie him up. Let's give him binding. But I would say to you, Abraham did sacrifice Isaac. He was there. He was ready. 
And the only thing that stopped him was the grace of God shouting out from heaven, Stop! I have provided. So this Lent, whatever you do, if you give something up or if you don't, take that sense of sacrifice. But don't just make it meaningless. Take that sacrifice and combine it with the knowledge that you have that Christ has provided for you. Your relationships, your, your, your family, your friends, your money, your shelter, and your forgiveness. Because His sacrifice was not meaningless. In fact, it was filled with so much meaning that it makes your sacrifice meaningful. Amen.